I heard an interesting version of the Canadian National Anthem. And just struck me as apropos for a country that has fallen. Now, can it come back? It's a great question. Uh, We are not of this world. We're just living in it. And God is going to win this thing. And the Lord is revealing so much. And I just pray that the people of Canada will turn their faces to him uh, and to ask the Holy Spirit to arrange their lives. Because this stuff is going to spread There's not a doubt in my mind that this stuff is headed for America. They're just taking a break for the elections. So we'll talk about the fallen country of Canada and why it appears to me that despite, oh, masks are coming off and lockdowns are coming off. We're not anywhere near out of danger because March of 2020 was only the beginning. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And we have a good number of listeners in Canada to the degree that they're allowed to listen there any longer. And I have such beautiful memories of Canada, specifically Vancouver, British Columbia, but also Penticton. And my mother was uh, lived in Alberta for a good period of time. So I have memories there. I've I've like lived on the border of the United States and Canada when I was a kid for many years. To see Canada fall, and it has fallen. Do, do you think Justin Trudeau gives these powers back that he's seized? He took the path we talked about last week. We talked about the fact that Justin Trudeau had cornered himself. He could act with common sense, and he could come out and say, clearly, this is, he, he wouldn't say this. But he could have done what they're doing in the United States. Um, He could have pretended that the science has changed. He could have pretended that, oh, this isn't because of the truckers. But yeah, the science has changed, so we're not going to have these injection diktats. Now, there's there's regional infighting happening in Canada. There's there's provinces in Canada that say, no, 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 we're not going to have the injection diktats. We're not going to back Trudeau in this. And something fascinating has come out of this. Do you know that the Huffington Post, the Huffington Post warned that if Justin Trudeau became the prime minister there, that that Canada would become a dictatorship. The Huffington Post. And look at what we're facing. Thomas Ulrich on YouTube. It's haunting. And yeah, I know there's a version of the American National Anthem. American National Anthem also in a minor key. We played that on the show before, particularly after Joe Biden was installed. What we're seeing in Canada, to be perfectly specific, is thuggery. 
And what we're seeing in Canada is the inverse of what they did with the Black Lives Matter incorporated riots, which, of course, were global because this is all global. None of this is happenstantial. None of it is organic. None of it is happening ground up. It is all top down, squeeze the middle. It's all global. And there's signs that this stuff is going to come to the United States. And as always, you know, God is at the center of this. And there is a dichotomy here that is so difficult for me. Um, I have a hard time feeling prayerful for Justin Trudeau. He is a tyrant. He is a murderer. He is a corrupt man. He is he's the worst of what kings can be. And if you think he's not a murderer, just look at what the injections are doing to kids. And, and yeah, more signs on this. There's far more signs now about these injections in, in particularly teen boys leading to deaths, myocarditis, pericarditis deaths. We'll talk later in the week about these insane, huge blood clots, these fibrous clots that embalmers are finding in people. Now, why would embalmers find it? Because they need to shoot the embalming fluid through the veins. And they go, wow, I can't get the embalming fluid to get into the body. What's going on? And, and one of the embalmers pulled out this fibrous, long blood clot, like half the length of someone's leg. And these two embalmers are saying, we're seeing this in 50, 60, 70% of dead people. So he is a murderer. And one day there has to be justice on this. So I, I find it horribly difficult to feel prayerful for him. And yet we are called to pray for people like this. I didn't say that, that following Jesus, the king is easy. He didn't say it either. You know, I was reminded the other morning in church about the story of Zacharias, the tax collector who was up on a tree and the Bible makes, makes point, makes a point that Zacharias was short and so he couldn't see uh, Jesus Christ as, as the Lord Jesus was going through Jericho. So he was up in a tree. But there was something else my pastor pointed out. And that was that, that as a tax collector, he probably didn't want to stand in a crowd where someone could come up and stick him in the back and kill him. And there were zealots who did that because tax collectors were the worst of the worst. They didn't just collect taxes. They took a commission and they got to decide what the commission was. So they were Jewish people stealing from Jewish people. It was the way, it was the way Jewish people saw it. So Jesus saw this guy in a tree and said, Zacharias, come down. And of course, people were furious. You're talking with the tax collector. And Jesus said, I've come to cure the sick, not the healthy, to paraphrase. And as always, the scriptural notes are in the podcast notes or in Substack where you get the entire show notes. But I also saw King David praying for deliverance. So until I understand the just war theory better, because I'm telling you, we are going to be in such a hairy situation because later in the week, we're going to talk about the physicals versus the virtuals. The first shot fired in the global cold civil war is the theft of people's monies because they spoke out. That is an unbelievable step in the cold civil war that shows that the thinking class knows that the only way they can seize our property without a big fight is to seize it digitally with the tools they've built, the munitions they've built. They've built munitions of code and platforms. And there are companies that are fighting back. There is a, um, there's a uh, digital wallet provider who has said, now nah, we're not going to have anything to do with this, the seizing of people's assets. 
And they wrote a real snappy reply back to the dictator of Canada, Justin Trudeau, and said, not only, you know, can't we do this? We're a software provider. So we, we literally cannot go seize what you want us to seize. But we don't know what people have. And secondly, we're going to be here for you when, you, when you, you make the Canadian dollar worthless. This is the actual response. Dear Ohio Superior Court, or pardon me, dear Ontario Superior Court of Justice, Newton Shook is a self-custodial collaborative Mutz League Bitcoin wallet. We're a software provider, not a custodial financial intermediary. Our software is free to use. It allows people to eliminate the single points of failure and store Bitcoin in the safest way possible while preserving privacy. We do not collect any user identification information beyond email addresses. We also do not hold any keys. Therefore, we cannot freeze our users' assets. We cannot prevent them from being moved. We do have knowledge of the we do not have knowledge of the existence, nature, value, and location of our users' assets. This is by design. Please look up how self-custody and privacy keys or private key keys work. When the Canadian dollar becomes worthless, we'll be here to serve you too. Sincerely, the Nunchuk team. And it's a brave response. And the challenge is that the technocrat bosses have a whole bunch of ownership upstream. They have control upstream and not everyone's going to be brave, but we had better get to understand what physical ownership means. We truly had better begin to understand what it means to own things because you think you own things. I've been saying for 20 years, you don't own your house, guys. Well, there is a property tax. You already own nothing and you're happy. I hope. I hope you're happy. It's hard to be happy in these days. And yet I just remind everybody, this is our turn. This has happened throughout biblical history that people turn their face from God. They're too smart. They got it all figured out. We live in a humanistic society. We live in a postmodern society where truth and justice and, and, and right and wrong is only individual. What's right for you is what's right for you. And if, if, if stealing people's digital assets feels good to you, you get to do that. That's, that is the postmodern point of view. So I do think that it is almost inexorable that this stuff comes to the United States. So that's why I find it really difficult to care about Ukraine. Now, I care about the people of Ukraine. And a bunch of Ukrainians just gathered in this snowy park and they got on their knees and they prayed to the Lord Jesus to be delivered and to protect life. And in that way, I can care. I can care. I can care about Russian lives. I certainly care about American troops lives. And I can't seem to get around to thinking that's the big focus when Canada to our north has fallen. I'm sorry. I'm much more focused on the fallen state of Canada on our northern border, which is now a dictatorship and a pretty brutal dictatorship and a thieving dictatorship than I am about Ukraine. I'm not going to be distracted by it. And Cammie Harris, this is so offensive. (laughs) Cammie Harris was speaking about all this. We're supposed to call her vice president. And she said that borders shouldn't be changed by force. What? (laughs) The former southern border of the United States has been changed by force. People are forcing their ways across it and you guys are letting it happen. You are forcing jurisdictions to step down. You're forcing American cities to accept fighting age men many of whom are felons and rapists and robbers and thieves. 
You are personally changing the United States border by force, Cammie, and don't think people don't notice that. So I find it difficult to believe that that woman is any, any, any bit of America's interest at heart. I don't think she's capable of seeing an interest that extends beyond the tip of her lips. But it's Canada that worries me. So the parliament suspended debate on Justin Trudeau's Emergencies Act. And they said, oh, we're, we're, we're afraid for our safety, eh? And there's a bunch of them that said, hey, if this comes up for a vote, we're voting for it. Folks, this has been renamed. It's a War Powers Act. What Justin Trudeau has given himself is a War Powers Act. A boss of a country uses the War Powers Act when that country is at war. So to the technocrats, or as later this week, I'll explain in this utterly brilliant, brilliant observation from a gentleman that we're talking about the physical class versus the virtual class. It is the most important article I've, I've ever seen on any of this stuff. And his name, uh, writer's name is N.S. Lyons. So we'll talk about that. In fact, we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. They suspend or they, they install the War Powers Act or Trudeau does. That's a declaration of war. What caused the war? Canadian citizens who said, no, you don't get to steal our jobs. No, you don't get to take ownership over our bodies so we can feed our families. No, we're not going to continue to be an experiment in, a, in an obviously failed injection. No, we're not going to subject ourselves to the mRNA, which is one, useless, and two, deadly and harmful when not deadly. Useless, harmful, and deadly. And they're saying we're not going to do it. That's, that's what has caused the dictator of Canada to declare war on at least half his people, if not more. And the munitions, yeah, it's, it's, it's virtual. They're stealing people's monies, but now they have loosed. And I'm sorry to all our law enforcement friends. You have a choice. In fact, you have a moral obligation to say no to the state when it does these things. An absolute moral obligation. Just because you wear a badge does not mean you're a cop. And what I watched this weekend is they went through and dismantled some of the trucks and stole them. And, and more importantly, when they beat people up, such as a woman with a walker, they, they decided with a, for a crowd intimidation technique to bring horses through the crowd, to split the crowd. They ran over a woman, a disabled woman in the streets. Happiness. Peace. Here comes the horses. Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Look what you did! 
what you did. They ran over a woman, a disabled woman is what they did. That's an, it's a, a very Canadian response. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. And by the way, you think it's just a right winger like me who calls him a dictator? Now, here's a quote. I'll tell you who it's from. The prime minister of Canada, the way he's behaving right now, he's exactly like a tyrant, like a dictator. Who's saying that? Christian Terrace of Romania. MEP Christian Terrace of Romania said during a speech to the European Parliament in Brussels, if you raise doubts about the vaccines, you're outcasted. What's the difference between what he does and what happened under the Inquisition? They talked about Cusco, a Roman dictator, a Romanian communist politician and dictator to the 1980s. He's comparing Justin Trudeau to a dictator of Romania, and he's right. There's been no response from the people who run Joe Biden because there can't be a response. Why wouldn't they want to respond to this? Why wouldn't they want to come out and say this is a brutal dictatorship? That's what it's become. Canada has fallen. You'd think when your neighbor has fallen, you would want to say something about it. But then again, we just had an Olympics in China where they have concentration camps and they're eliminating the Uyghurs. God in heaven watches. And it's not an easy path being a Christian. Jesus did not say, come follow me and and I'll give you an easy life. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He said, I am the truth, the way and the life. But he didn't say, and by the way, it's going to be fun and ask the apostle Paul or 11 of the 12 apostles who were killed. But for what? Well, in service of the Lord, in service of our creator, in service of he who died for us. And it's a horribly difficult thing to hold back demands to to go at these people. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. And that is exactly what they want. They are begging for violence. And if we stand united in prayer that they're exposed for what they are, Justin Trudeau is a tyrant. He is a, a, a feelingless tyrant. He's a thief. He's a murderer. If we hold fast to prayer and fast to truth and we hold to the fact that God Almighty has let this happen and is showing it to us right here, right now, we can bring him into this and more importantly, into our hearts and most importantly, into our souls so that we don't lose our souls in this battle because the battle is just getting started. Began in March of 2020 in earnest, but it was planned for many, many years beyond that. Do you remember when President Trump was tweeting mean things about CNN, got all journalists everywhere, reporters everywhere, absolutely furious? Do you remember when the, the Mockingbird media pretended a border guard whipped a Haitian illegal immigrant? You remember that? I remember those two things. I remember that President Trump was going to get journalists killed by tweeting mean things. I remember that. I remember seeing, wait, and I remember looking at the article going, wait a minute, a border patrolman, A, had a whip? B, used it to whip an immigrant, an illegal immigrant? And then, of course, I remember looking at the picture going, that's not a whip. (laughs) And he's not whipping him. He's trying to stop the guy from getting into the country illegally. 
And Kami Harris said, you can't go around changing borders by force. Well, let's do a contrast and compare because one of these things is not like the other. One of these things does not belong. We can see it right here. Every day, there is a new bit of news. Every day, there's a reason to start to wonder about our financial system, not the least of which is the seizing of assets and, and digital currencies. And it's not just digital that they're seizing in the, uh, in the former country of Canada, which just should be given a new name. So this stuff is happening, and it's happening very, very quickly. I think this is the time where you have got to turn to people who, in the finance industry who do not service the machine, who work on our behalf. Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management is that guy. He works on our behalf. He is not a machine guy. He understands how the machine works. He understands how to take a absolutely obsessive focus on risk management, which is it's all about risk management at Bulwark Capital Management. He understands how to make that the focus. And then, of course, steward the resources God has granted you wisely, which means growth and growth tempered by a risk management based approach. Now, this may also be the time to stop storing up treasures on earth. And maybe it's time to exit the the big job you've had. Maybe it's time to start building your farm and your apple trees and and your your sources of eggs and water. And maybe it's time for early retirement. Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management will tell you if, if, if he can look at your company's plan and you just give him your handout from your company, he can do that. He can run the numbers and see if you are ready to retire. A whole bunch of people from a big company in Seattle called Zach and said, we want to retire. They didn't think they could. Over half of them actually could. So if this sounds good to you, getting out of servicing the machine, call Zach. He'll run the numbers for you and see if you can retire today. Zach Abraham, Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Remember this, though, that an investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor, representative of Trek Financial LLC, and SEC registered investment advisor. And it's easy enough to you know, go get that to a point where he can give you the advice, he signs the papers, et cetera. So that's Zach uh, Abraham, Bulwark Capital Management. So you remember back when it was a bad thing to run people down with horses, even when people weren't run down with horses. Well, in Canada, I see nothing. Well, maybe because she works for Rebel Media, so the, it, it, she, she was assaulted. Yeah, it's not just the lady getting run down by the horse. It's not just the disabled person. A reporter named Alexa Lavoie was violently assaulted by a cop, and a, a Trudeau cop. And it's not even a cop, a Trudeau thug. Remember when Trump tweeted mean things, they were going to get journalists killed. So this was just, this was Alexa Levine doing her job. She's walking through very, very snowy streets. Hello. So hello, everybody. Um, I'm walking down to Wellington. Um, So unfortunately, as you can see, a part of Wellington is clean. Rebel Media is such an important organization, and Ezra Levant deserves all sorts of credit for making it what it is. It's, it's, it's huge. It's a difficult thing to build, and he's done it so well. So she's walking down into where the protests were still continuing. This was down to the part of town where this woman was run over by these thugs on horses. And they didn't stop. They didn't care. Look, as a cop, I'm telling you, you have a moral obligation to not do this. You may not be able to see this. And, and remember something. The Apostle Paul 
was a Pharisee among Pharisees. He was a Sadducee among Sadducees, meaning that in his technocratic class or his bureaucratic class, because it was a religious bureaucracy, he was thought of as the best and the brightest among, among the most knowledgeable of God's law. But it was in his backyard where the Lord Jesus came. It was, he, he, he was responsible for the murdering of Christians. He was responsible for the, for the first martyring of a Christian, uh, Stephen. He was responsible for that, at least partly. He was so convinced that he was doing the right thing that he couldn't see anything else but the law. He couldn't see the miracles. He couldn't see the lineage of Jesus Christ, both on the uh, paternal and maternal side, earthly parents. He couldn't see that. He couldn't see the line of David. He couldn't see John the Baptist said, the one who will come. He couldn't see the signs and wonders. He couldn't see that Jesus knew the, 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 the scriptures and the law far better than he. He couldn't see any of these things. He couldn't see the bringing of people back to life as miraculous. He couldn't see the signs. He wouldn't see the signs. He was blind. And then Jesus came to him in a bright light showed himself for who he was, asked, why are you persecuting me? And then he blinded Paul to the entire world. Paul couldn't see anything for three days. And then the first thing he saw was the Christian, what was his name, Ananias, who opened his eyes again, who, who restored his sight. In baptism, restored his sight. It describes things like scales falling off of Paul's eyes. That's where that phrase, remove the scales from their eyes, comes from. It's biblical. It says there were things like scales that dropped off his eyes. You, if you're a cop and you're carrying this stuff out, you may not be able to see it right now, but you're, you're becoming a stormtrooper. That's exactly what you're becoming. You're running down innocent people because they want to eat. You're running down innocent people because they don't want to be shot up with a useless, harmful, deadly garbage mRNA injection most of whom have already had COVID and recovered. If you're running people down in the streets with horses or beating journalists who are watching these events, you are not on the side of good. You never have, you, you, you may never be again unless you go home right now and seek redemption and take this to the Lord, honestly. If, you're a, if you wear a badge anywhere, Please, I beg you to get to your knees and pray to the Lord. Should I actually run people down with horses? And you're going to get the same response. No. Now, see, that challenge goes both ways. Because I will tell you, there's some things my wife and I have discussed. If the government comes to steal our home, I'll fight. They don't have a right to it. And an absence a message from God, I, I will I'll hold to that. You don't get to do that. You come to steal my kid without some kind of you know, actual abuse. No, we're going to have a fight. We're going to have a gunfight. I'm not going to let you steal my kid. You come to forcibly inject me. No, we're going to have a gunfight because I'm not going to be forcibly injected. I'm not going to have my family forcibly injected. Now, of course, they would never do that. Right? Right? In the line of a humanist, in the mind of a humanist, in, in the mind of a postmodernist, force is fine. Because if you're a postmodernist, if you're a, if you're a humanist, 
You simply have to force people to do your will because there is no other option. There is no greater authority than yourself, particularly if you're rich, particularly if you're power, you have power that proves your supremacy because of your money and your power. You're supreme. You're clearly smarter than everybody else. You should clearly be able to force people to do things. So this reporter's out reporting. She's walking through the streets. She goes down to where the protest is occurring. And I'll tell you, this is what happens. It's a long video. It's about an hour. She's interacting with with protesters. She's interviewing people. She's trying to interview cops. And intermittently, some of the protesters are saying to some of the, the cops who haven't yet turned thug, some of the protesters are saying, brother, we, we respect you. You know, we've been on your side this whole time. Please don't do this. Come with us. And in fact, there was a cop who put down his stuff and joined the protesters. And by the way, incidentally, incidentally, that's going to happen more. We need to pray for these cops. We need to be on our knees in prayer that the Lord would peel from their eyes the scales that have been installed there by this dictator and by this fever and by this, this insane psychiatric assault, psychological assault that the party has installed on people and beaten people and scared people. You know, here I am saying if the, if the party comes from my house illegally, I'll, I'll, we'll have a shooting war. There's guys and women on the sides wearing badges and they're scared silly. Because the government may take their jobs. And maybe they don't have 10 years of savings saved up. Probably don't. If they're not cops anymore, what are they? So I guess I'm telling myself, I want to remember that those thugs have become thugs out of fear. And incidentally, it's Christ Jesus who says 365 times in the Bible, fear not. It's the enemy who loves fear. It's the enemy who loves to make people fearful. It's the enemy who loves to steal from people. God will care for us. So I'll tell you what happens. You'll hear the audio here of this interaction. Oh, it's not an interaction. You'll hear this audio of this woman being assaulted by the police. And coming up next hour, uh, we're going to talk about the deconstruction of your children. A friend of mine gave me a book about... uh, Worldviews, and one of the worldviews is a deconstructionist worldview. What does that mean? It's a fancy word for destruction. And I'll give you some examples of some stories that are not coincidental. One of them is this video of this guy, this uh, this apparent Facebook executive, who got caught trying to have sex or trying to trying to force his. Well, let me say it this way: trying to express his perverse sexual habits onto the body of a thirteen-year-old boy. He wanted to have sex on him. It's the way I would say that. He's caught on video. That is not coincidental to a man stealing women's scholarships. It's not coincidental to a mother discovering that her daughter's school is secretly working to deconstruct their family bond. These are not incidental stories. So we will talk about that. You know, this weekend, um, what was it? No, what, what day was it? It was Friday. You know what? I got to talk to Alan from Alan Soaps Company, Alan's Artisan Soaps. Um, so I got on the call. I got on a, a call this weekend with John. John is the dad. He runs the soap company. Um, and his son, Alan, is the namesake of the company. And I, I finally got to talk to Alan. 
And it was a joy. He's a very joyful young man. And he is profoundly impacted uh, by autism, as I've told you. So he's not very verbal, but man, he understands everything we're saying. It has to be so hard for him to not be able to say what's on his mind. And, and yeah, he's able to share things. I found out dude loves Minecraft. I found out he's got his own domain on Minecraft and he loves the soaps. And one of the things I did hear him ask me was what was my favorite scent of soap? And I told him it's Cedarwood Jasmine. I also posted an article this weekend. A friend of mine, the jujitsu weasel is number one, uh, retired special forces. Number two, social worker. Number three, he's a, he's a, like a pastor. Number four, he's a current law enforcement officer, but the right kind. He took the coolest picture of himself after a brutal jujitsu session, sweating and bleeding, holding up two boxes of Allen's artisan soaps. So this is a call out to the dads in the audience. If the jujitsu weasel can promote Allen's artisan soaps and buy it as a manly thing, let's all of us buy it as a manly thing. I'm talking about the big gift basket right now. You purchase for each bar of soap. You purchase from allensoaps.com. That's allensoaps.com. You get one dollar. They'll put one dollar into the special Olympics. Okay, and remember, this is a place that Alan works. He doesn't take handouts. He is a working young man, just like his brother, Ian. That's what the company is designed to do. AlanSoaps.com. Make sure you use my name, Todd, T-O-D-D, when you check out to get this one buck going to the Special Olympics. That's AlanSoaps.com. And that's, look, that's, that's the opposite of kind of the tone of the show today. That's the hope. It's funny because Jiu-Jitsu Weasel, is it, see, and you know what? This is interesting that we're on this topic. Jiu-Jitsu Weasel struggles with using his skills. No, I mean, not, he, he's great at using them. But Jiu-Jitsu Weasel has shared with me, man. It's, it's my heart, in my heart. Like, I'm wondering, like, at what point do we call out these cops for what they are? And Jiu-Jitsu's done that. It's called out those cops for what they are. Um, John, who runs Allen's uh, Artisan Soaps, he could go build any number of businesses, He's been hugely successful. He's building this for the moral reasons. Jiu-Jitsu Weasel uses his skills for morality. So the reporter was doing her job. She's in Ottawa. Then she gets into where the protests are still happening. And then the cops stop being cops and they start becoming thugs. It's actually more dangerous to be here because of the police. It's never been there. So she's up against a line of cops. And they've got their, um, they get their nightsticks out in front of them. Cops are starting to move forward. Now she's like five rows back. She's a blonde lady, probably mid, I don't know. I shouldn't say. Watch out. Watch out. What are you doing? What are you doing? And she is smacked here. It's just, I'll tell you what that was. That's not a hit. That was not a, that was not a nightstick. That was. And what they did is they, the thug took aim with his tear gas gun. He took aim at her knee. 
He shot her in the knee with a tear gas gun because she's covering a protest of peaceful people who are protesting for the right to eat, for the right to feed their families, for the right to not be injected with a useless, harmful, deadly experimental piece of computer code because that's what it is. Is biological computer code by a bunch of people who are convinced that transhumanism is the way. See, and this is this what what is happening here. The reason we're going to talk tomorrow about this article called "The uh, Reality Honks Back" is because they are invading a space that they can't they can't be allowed to invade. You get gates. And don't think for five seconds that Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg aren't deeply invested in computer code going into your bodies. You think they don't want to put apps in your bodies? You think they intend for the metaverse to stay outside your body? You think they, they intend to let the world's largest installed user base of 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 uh, hardware that's us you think they intend to let that market go by they fully intend to produce code to put in your bodies jack dorsey is probably slobbering on himself with the idea of putting square the payment thing into your heads Mr. Facebook, Mr. Virtual Reality, Mr. Meta who has a pedophile problem in his company it seems at least if this guy's any indication, we'll talk about that coming up. Mr. Meta has no intention of keeping the metaverse outside. Why would he want you to have to wear goggles? Why would he not just want you sitting around inside your apartment, owning nothing, being happy, earning just enough money to give him a share of it? Do you know how much it would be if everybody was hooked up to the meta, to, 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 the, uh, to the metaverse for... I don't, what, uh, let's say two bucks a day? Everybody? So what they're saying is we don't want to get injected with your experimental code. We want to eat. We want to go back to driving our trucks and feeding our families. We want to be able to leave our houses again. We want to be able to walk our dogs again, to go to hockey games again. We don't want to be owned by Pfizer and the World Economic Forum. And for that, a lady is shot in the knee. With a tear gas canister, and it left a heck of a bruise. Ezra Vaughn from Rebel Media says he's going to sue. I believe he's going to sue. He also points this out. Now, this is in French. Normally, I wouldn't play this, but this is so important. I'll play a little bit of it. So, the reason that she is, he says, this is Ezra Vaughn's words. Trudeau had a vendetta against Alexa ever since she asked this question of him during the election debates after trying and failing to keep her out. So Trudeau tried to keep her out of this this election debate. And this woman who was just assaulted by the thugs asked this question of the tyrant. Bonjour, Monsieur Trudeau, Alexa, pour Rebel News. Donc, Monsieur Trudeau, je vais revenir rapidement sur ce qui s'est passé hier. Vous avez diabolisé She's asking about Israel being the most injected country and yet cases are continuing to go up. She's giving the data. She points out that she's asked this question before, but his answer had been, you are providers of disinformation. You're providers of misinformation. 
So I'm not going to answer. So she's going back to talking about Israel. Cases are up. Deaths are up. People have had three, four shots. Now she's saying Canadians don't want. My question is, Canadians don't want to get four, third and fourth injections. Are you going... Are you going to answer my question this time? Now that I've stated it clearly? Or are you going to criticize our organization again? J'ai partagé ma perspective sur ton organisation uh, hier soir. J'ai plus rien à dire. I'll tell you what that little man said in a second. I'll tell you what little Justin Trudeau said to the reporter who simply asked him a question based upon data. The fascinating thing is about all of this that technocrats who live and die based upon data and information have none. There is not a single piece of data or information that can that can defend the position of shooting people up with this garbage. Not a single shred of evidence that it works or that it's even helpful. So that's how you know they're lying. With so many other signs. Hey, this might be the episode that uh, you decide, that's it. Herman's been saying for a long time that if I find these episodes helpful to share this one. So this might be the one that you send to 10 friends. Maybe they're Canadian friends. Maybe the friends in Canada, you want them to know, you know what? There's Americans who are paying attention. We're praying for your country. Maybe you have friends who are cops and they're struggling with this. And maybe maybe they're saying, look, I, I don't want to do this stuff, but my job is on the line. Maybe you're sending it to your cop friends and reminding them, hey, look, the Lord cares for the sparrows in the air. Look at the birds flying. They don't fall out of the air. And how much more valuable are you than a sparrow? The Lord's going to be there. Right, so maybe this is the one that you send to 10 friends or others who say, oh, it can't happen in America. So I'm going to make the case for why I think it can happen in America. I'm going to make that case right now. So maybe this is the one you share. To do that, just take this episode, email it to 10 friends and tell them that you should, this is why you should listen. So we turn the corner now from our neighbor to the north to ourselves. And the bridge piece of audio to get us there is this. The same companies that are disappearing people for questioning the injections, even though they're right, they took Alex Berenson off of Twitter, even though now the government agrees with everything Alex, Alex says. They hid the Hunter Biden story, even though they knew it was, it was spot on. Twitter said, oh, we can't run the Hunter Biden story because it contains hacked information. But Twitter has released and lets people release the names and show the names and the dresses of people who made donations to the truckers, hacked information. Twitter doesn't care. They don't care that you know they're hypocrites. They don't care that you know that you're leftists. They don't care. Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg went around talking about why it's, it's risky to get shot up with this mRNA because he says it might change our DNA. You'll still get kicked off Facebook for saying that. You get kicked off Facebook for questioning the elections. They're using that end to take away your social clout. Guess what Canada was doing years ago? They wanted comment sections banned. They wanted to go after people in comment sections. They were taking a different approach, but the same end. Now, this was a few weeks ago, but I want you to remember this now. The Ottawa police chief says they're going to go after the bank accounts of people who are, who have been at the, at the, at the protests, even if they didn't do anything. What are we doing in America? What are they doing to people who went to DC on January 6th? 
Now, they're not seizing their bank accounts yet. What are they doing? They're informing them of the power of the state. We found you. We're going to take you to court. Process is punishment. We're going to take your money. We're going to spend it. Unless you want to go to prison. We're going to bury you in useless legal paperwork. You can either hire 10 lawyers to fight us because we have absolutely unlimited resources. Or you can go to prison. You can sell your house to pay for your lawyers or you can go to prison. You can't raise money on GoFundMe. GoFundMe won't let you raise money. Not if you're a January 6th. No, a January 6th coup attempter. So what do we have? We have this in Canada. A woman in her home when a young police officer comes by just to let her know they're watching social media. Sorry, since you're at my home, can I just get your name and your badge number, yeah, please? I have a card here. Okay. It's Erica Ingram. Thank okay. you. And this is just some information about peaceful protests. That's all it is. Okay. So you saw something on my Facebook? No, on the Facebook group. <clears throat> okay. And decided to come to my personal residence to give me information about peaceful protest? Yes. Okay. So are the Peterborough police? No, you're with OPP? OPP. Um, are you guys now monitoring people's Facebook pages or Facebook groups to who comments as to what their um, uh, status updates are or what they're doing or so within the group? Just like Because of the protests happening province-wide, yes, we have been monitoring the protests. Okay. okay. So there's a protest coming up. I'm simply providing you with information about a peaceful protest. And now I'm leaving. Oh, okay. That is all. So... The Ontario Provincial Police are watching what people are doing on Facebook in different groups, whether or not they're commenting, participating, liking, and you guys are now doing service calls to give people information about peaceful protest. Yeah, it's just a proactive measure to make sure you understand your rights about peaceful protesting. I absolutely. I have right. a copy of the Canadian Charter of Rights Excellent. and Freedoms, so absolutely. I'm well within that and, and yeah. very understanding of that. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm, okay. I'm hoping that uh, you guys aren't going to waste our tax dollars continuing to do this to everybody, but uh, now it's nice to know that uh, we're, we're being watched. So. Do you have any questions? My cell phone number is on the card. Thank you. Okay. Do you have any questions? It is vital that we understand some things, and we're going to talk about this in depth on Tuesday. It's vital that you understand what you own and what you don't, what the state can take and what the state cannot take, or it will be very, very hard for them to take. Your money is not going to be hard for them to take, guys. They intend to take it. They intend to seize it. Your money, they intend to make into numbers on a spreadsheet because they're information people. We cannot let that happen. Now, perhaps it's too late, but it's not too late to own things. It's not too late to own land. It's not too late to own food sources. It's not too late to own water sources. It's not too late to own tools. It's not too late to own guns. It's not too late to own ammo. It's our job to recognize that the things of God are physical things. We must own them. And it's harder for them to come and seize our things, our cars. Do not give in to the electric car thing. Do not 
get into a car that the government can easily control. Do not get conned into that. Do not get conned into a digital driver's license. Do not get conned into a GPS unit in your car. They will seize your mobility. You will never again be able to drive where you want. They won't do that immediately. They'll do it for an emergency. They will normalize it. It's as clear as day, the behavioral kill shoot, they're running people down, which is normalizing them, seizing things. Why do I think this is coming to America? Because of this. The Washington Post, and thanks to the Blaze for posting this, Glenn Beck's organization. The people at the Washington Post have spoken the following words on social media. Or in, in an article, pardon me. And it comes... And unironically, the Washington Post, democracy dies in the darkness. The primarily white supporters of the Freedom Convoy argue that pandemic mandates infringe upon their constitutional rights to freedom. The notion of, quote, freedom was historically and remains intertwined with capital W whiteness. As historian Tyler Stovall has argued, the belief that one's entitlement to freedom is a key component of white supremacy. This explains why the Freedom Convoy members see themselves as entitled to freedom, no matter the public health consequences to those around them. Let's go back through this. The primarily white supporters of the Freedom Convoy argue that pandemic mandates infringe upon their constitutional rights to freedom. Number one, have you done an analysis of the percentage of whites and black people and natives and Sikhs in that audience? The answer is no, you've not. Have you compared that to the Canadian populace? No, you have not. Have you asked people if they identify as white? No, you have not. The notion of freedom, which they put in scare quotes, freedom, a theory, a notion. The notion of freedom was historically and remains intertwined with whiteness. Now notice that they don't make, they don't put whiteness in quotes. Freedom, which can be defined a number of ways, is a theory. Whiteness, which doesn't exist, is put in all cap, not all caps, but capital W as if it's a legal term. And it's not a theory. The belief that one's entitlement to freedom is a key component of white supremacy. Well, it's, it's a, compete, a key component of black supremacy and white subservience and black subservience. And just subservience and just citizenship and just Americanism. You know what else it is? It's part and parcel of how God views us, Washington Post, because he invented freedom. He didn't put a fence around the tree of um, knowledge of good and bad, good and evil. He didn't put a fence around it. He didn't put an electric fence around it. He just said, don't eat it or you'll surely die. And they did. And they did. Then there's this. The people who run Joe Biden are still pretending there's a COVID emergency. So they've extended the so-called emergency powers, quote, beyond March of 2022. How long? They don't care. King David prayed quite often for the Lord to smite his enemies. Justin Trudeau is our enemy. The people who run Joe Biden are our enemies. Klaus Schwab is everybody's enemies except his buddies. The hardest thing I'm doing right now is simultaneously praying that the Lord would open enough eyes of people that Klaus Schwab would no longer have any 
earthly power because he has none but which our father grants, our father in heaven. That our father in heaven would open enough eyes that this brutal psycho is no longer allowed to do what he's doing and praying for Klaus Schwab. That he might encounter God Almighty just like Paul did. Can you imagine what would happen if men like Gates and Schwab, if the Lord chose to blind them and to prove to them who he is? I mean, they're no greater than any of us, but it could start a cascading effect. It'd be almost like, I don't know, like a bunch of Muslims in the Middle East having dreams of Jesus Christ and then reaching out to American pastors and asking to be baptized. That's going on. The Middle East has been in a state of tyranny for how long? The Lord has been showing people for how long that Muhammad is a false prophet? For how long that Islam is not the way to the Lord? And what do we see? Right before our eyes. In a region in the world already made brutal. We see people having dreams. That's a return to New Testament God. Where he spoke through dreams. Now we live in the New Testament era. But God can work in any of number of ways. And right now God is showing us what the enemy intends to steal and asking us and challenging us to pray for our enemy and to pray that our enemy be removed by God. Can we do that simultaneously? Next hour, Todd Herman show this, this, the the party is deconstructing the relationship between parents and children. We know that, but what does deconstructionism mean? And how do we fight against that? And how do we see it in places we wouldn't normally see it? I guess that's kind of two heavy shows in a row. That's episode 60, hour two. That's one right after this one. This is the Todd Herman Show. We appreciate your support. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and of course, be right with God.